When you think about civility in America, do you consider it a problem? According to studies done by Weber Shanwick, a majority of Americans do. In 2019, a whopping 68% of Americans surveyed agreed that civility was a major problem in America, and 53% believe that it will only get worse. So what's the point? When our group was asked by the Bateman competition to find a way to promote civility, I asked the exact same question. But when I was researching, one quote by journalism professor Dr. Elizabeth Fondren popped out to me. Civility in regards to communication is the quality and ability to find a middle ground. That can't be that hard, right? The goal of our group is to try to find the right audience of people so that we can help start the conversation around how we can find the common ground and advocate for civility in society. Our guest today will be John Kroll, a journalism professor at Kent State University. Before being a professor, he was a copy editor of several newspapers and the online editor for The Plain Dealer for over 25 years. Through his experiences, he has learned a great deal on the role that journalists play in civility. Hope you enjoy. So my first question for you is, what do you define as civility in terms of journalism? Civility in terms of journalism or anything else is ultimately the golden rule. Treat people as you would want to be treated. So don't go to the attack immediately. Don't use personal attacks to deal with things that aren't personal, that are issues of politics or anything else. Civility is showing respect as a journalist for the people you're dealing with, not um, writing stories that are deliberately intended to harm someone, not harming someone without some other goal, greater goal in mind. I'm not going to go after some nobody for, uh, you know, parking in a handicapped spot um, just because Uh, You know, I wanted to park somewhere and they were in my space. Uh, I do a broader story and not pick on the little guy. Interesting. And was there a specific experience in your life where you learned how important civility is? Yeah, but it came long before journalism. Um, Hmm. And it's actually one that stands out in my mind still today, which tells me that it really made an impact. Um, I was a kid. Uh, probably somewhere around 10 years old. And my dad uh, bought a a plastic model kit for me, which I remember as being for a clock, which makes sense because repairing clocks was my dad's hobby. So he was going to show me how to do this. And the first step was take everything out of the box and make sure you have all the parts. And a couple of parts were missing. So my dad said, okay, you know, next step in in my education, I guess, he said, write a letter to the company asking for the parts back. And so I wrote this letter, um, you know, not very long. I was a kid, but it was, it was an angry letter. How could you not include these parts I demand? And I showed it to my dad and he was like, wait, don't, don't jump into yelling at them. They made a mistake. People make mistakes. Just say, these pieces are missing. Could you please send them to me? Give them a chance to do the right thing first. And as I say, that stuck with me to this day, that specific incident, which taught me 
to give the other person the benefit of the doubt that you don't lose anything by starting out softly. And if everything you do is a fight, then then when you really are at a point where something is serious, you've lost the impact because everything is at 100%. Start out assuming the other person is trying to do the right thing and maybe made a mistake the same as you do. And then a follow-up to that, how does that shape how you interpret civility in terms of journalism? Has that affected your views of journalism, especially later in your career? Sure. Uh, You know, as a journalist, you learn to be cynical and mistrust people's motives because you experience so much of that, because you run across politicians who are only in it for the power and business people who are only in it for the money. Um, And often as a journalist, you're seeing people at their worst moments. So it's really easy to take the attitude that everybody is out to get you. Everyone is to be mistrusted. But remembering that incident and the impact it's had on my life, I go into journalism with the same attitude that the other person has a right to be heard. The other person, um, you know, needs to have their side heard. You know, I think civility and objectivity and fairness go hand in hand in journalism. So for the people who don't have a similar experience like you did, where you had this kind of aha moment of realizing civility and trying to go approach it in the way of assuming that people want to do right. So for journalists who have not had that experience, um, how do you think this affects um, their journalism and the media and their writing? As I said, I think that it's too easy to once you've been burned once or twice, or once you run into people who you realize are not going into it um, with the best of motives, it's easy to start assuming that's the way everyone else is. And to, to protect yourself, in a sense, to put on the armor of, well, as they said on the, the House TV show, uh, the doctor show, everybody lies. And that's, It's a horrible way to go through life, but for journalists, it's a very dangerous thing to do. You, uh, you might say, oh, it's good because, you know, we're supposed to verify everything and that's true, but it also means you don't look any further beyond your initial impression that they're probably underhanded or whatever, and you don't go any further. And I think that produces journalism that increases incivility in the world and increases polarization. So what do you believe is the role of a journalist then in promoting civility? How can they go about doing this? Objectivity is part of it. Trying to admit your own biases, but look beyond them. But I don't think that you have to be the traditional objective journalist to promote civility. You can favor one side Um, You know, whether that's proper journalism or not is an argument for another podcast. But, you know, certainly there are columnists and editorialists who are allowed to express their opinions. But if you do it without rancor, if you do it by acknowledging the existence of alternative viewpoints and accepting that they have some merit, then I think that's promoting civility. You model the behavior you want others to do. I think another part of it is 
that as a journalist, while you want to give other people their say, you don't give the megaphone to hate groups. You can report on hate groups without amplifying their messages, without making them appear to be part of the acceptable conversation. I'm a great believer in the power of shame. And, uh, you know, I think that what other people try to label things like uh, political correctness is really just about, in many cases, civility and treating others as you would want to be treated. And I think that journalism needs to avoid uh, giving in to the idea that anything that tries to think about how the other person feels is just political correctness or wokeness or whatever the current label is. I also believe that journalism should try to support and encourage civil conversation, conversation between those who disagree that's free of yelling, free of name calling. But um, as I learned from five years of moderating comments on a news website, in an anonymous mass environment like the internet, managing those conversations is hard and it takes a lot of labor, which in today's journalism situation where jobs are being cut, I understand why websites are shutting off the comments because I think they're right. If you can't manage it and if you allow your site to be a host for these nasty conversations, then you're not contributing to civility, you're working against it. Okay, so kind of taking the conversation towards more of with PR and journalism, um, do you think there's an issue in terms of civility between public relation and journalism professionals? Um, have you ever had an experience with a PR professional before? Um, and how did you go about that? Uh, you know, I, I thought about this one and when I came into journalism in the early 1980s, yeah, journalists in the newsroom still referred to PR people as flax. And flax had a lot of negative connotations. But when I thought about it, actually, my uh, relationships with uh, public relations professionals were fine. And I understood their job and they understood my job. And, you know, if they said, I can't tell you that, I, you know, I knew it wasn't personal and I, you know, understood what was going on. And sure, I had, there are things that people acting in a public re relations role did that ticked me off. Like when you'd, this is back in the old days of faxes, you'd get a fax and then an email, and then a phone call to say, did you get my fax and my email? It's like, yes, stop bothering me. But the more I thought about this, I think that that image of the incivility, the antagonism between journalism and public relations is, is an artifact of the past. I, I apologize. I thought about this a lot. Um, and, and I'm also a history buff. So it occurred to me that What's happened is journalism as a as a profession, as something that thought of itself as a higher calling, something that required a college education with a specialism in journalism, something that created ethics codes. It got its start 
in the late 1800s. That's when the first journalism manuals and guidebooks were created. The first journalism schools in the early 1900s. By 1920, there were enough college graduates doing journalism that the Society for Professional Journalists was created, grew out of a college Greek honor society, but became a professional organization. By the 1940s, and especially the 1950s, newsrooms were journalists hiring other professional journalists, college grads looking to hire other college grads. But public relations as a profession really doesn't get started until 1900 with Ivy Lee, 1920s with uh, Edward Bernays. It's not until the end of the 1950s that the Public Relations Society of America was created. So still going into at least the 60s and 70s, the public relations profession was a mix of people who had been trained to be public relations professionals, to act like that. They've gone to college, they've learned this, and people who came up the old way, people who, when public relations was a mix of people that were called promoters who really didn't operate by any ethical code. And I think what you had was going into my time in the 80s and 90s, you had journalists in charge who had, who had had those kinds of relationships with unprofessional PR people and passed that, that idea on to those of us who were younger. And I think what's just happened is a natural evolution that public relations, thanks to schools like Kent State, um, is a real profession where you learn ethics, you learn how to deal with the press as well as a lot of other things. And that old stigma doesn't really apply. I mean, sure, the, one of the problems is public relations agencies may be run by professionals, but you've got a lot of companies that still have just one person doing the PR job. And it's not a PR person hiring a PR person. It's the CEO saying, hey, Joe, you're a good talker. You take over PR. And so you still have some of that legacy of that, whereas in journalism, it's generally pros hiring pros. But, you know, by and large, I think the relationship really has become very civil. I can't, I can't think of a single argument I've had with public relations persons. Sure, I know of other people in the newsroom who sometimes have that problem, but that's less incivility than a natural opposition on some things. I mean, we want information that sometimes the public relations person in doing their job shouldn't give us. Well, naturally, we're going to say, give it to us, and they're going to say no, and we're going to say yes, and they're going to say no. But it, I've never seen it done in a mode that is bitter or personal, by and large, it's been fine. Interesting. Of course, you teach a reporting class here at Kent State, which is engaging students with student media. Like, for example, for me, my first experience with student media was in your class when I wrote for the Kent Stater. So, and I also remember you did a section about journalism and PR. And do you think that because of how nice you think the relationship is now that do you think we could really just say that PR and journalism is okay and that we shouldn't keep trying to do stuff with it? No, no. I think we, part of the problem is um, journalism students are still going to go out into an environment where 
there's still going to be some hangover of that attitude. And there's still going to be, again, there's going to be disagreements or cases of opposition. I think that both sides need to understand what each other's doing. I may have said this to your class. I know I've said it to others, but when I took uh, journalism in college, I also had to take a class in public relations, which was partly about the practice of it, but a lot of it about here's what public relations is for. And, you know, I've said time and again that I think it's a shame that at Kent State, the journalism students don't have to do that. You public relations students have to take classes in journalism where besides learning to write and report, you're learning about what what motivates journalists and why they do what they do. But the journalism students don't get that same opportunity in reverse, which is why I think it's really important that I bring in uh, a public relations professor, usually Luke Armour, to talk to people, um, why I talk about how this works. In reporting, I don't get into uh, a lot other than that because there's so much else to cover in reporting. But when I did writing across platforms, uh, the earlier class, I always made sure that students also wrote a news release so that even those students who were going into journalism had that experience and understood the different approach and what's different about writing on behalf of a client, even though you're writing to a broader audience and writing not only to the broad audience, but on their behalf as a journalist. And so then you would say that in terms of schooling for students, they should have more PR experiences if they're a journalist so that they can find a common ground with the public relations people? I don't know how much is enough, but I think that I think it would be really worthwhile to have a class where, you know, at least a large part of it was learning how the other half lives. Uh, learning what their motivations are, learning what they're putting up with. One of the other reasons that I think that the traditional antagonism between journalism and public relations is breaking down is because so many former journalists these days are now working in public relations. And journalism as an employment industry is collapsing. And a lot of my former colleagues are now working in various public relations positions. One of the things that I I heard from them a lot was, oh, yeah, my reporting skills come in handy, my writing skills come in handy, but boy, you know, working with clients is hard. You know, they're used as journalists to only answering to their editor. And so they write the story if they see fit, and if their editor's fine with it, that's it. It's hard working with clients who are not professional writers and communicators, but want to have a say and say, no, don't put it that way. And no, you need to use these words. And why didn't you mention these facts? Well, because they're dull. Um, and that was the thing that that threw most journalists. They just didn't understand what it was like on the other side. I just think it would be useful because once you've seen that, you're a lot more understanding. I don't know that this had a huge influence on me, but after I had my first internship as a reporter, when I started it, I didn't think I was going to be a journalist. I thought that I had, I just wasn't good enough. I had my internship and said, hey, this is really cool, but I did that in a spring semester, and suddenly all the internships were the summer were gone, and now I wanted to do journalism, and I couldn't find one. So I ended up doing a year's internship in public relations for my university. 
so I learned really early how hard it is on the other side of the fence and what it's like. I mean, I, I dealt with clients, that is, professors, researchers who went around my back to talk to the press and don't do I know you're not supposed to do that. And who held withheld information from me because they had a secret deal with a, a reporter and didn't want it going out in the general news release. And, you know, other stuff like that, just the normal annoyances of, of dealing with clients. So I think learning that, as we say it now, I think, yeah, that also contributed to my attitude. It's like, been there, done that. Just a tiny segment. I was just an intern, you know, didn't uh, do a whole lot, but it was enough to say, okay, those uh, PR people I'm dealing with, they've got problems of their own. And when they're saying no, sometimes they know it's the wrong answer, but they got a job to do same as I do. Yeah, that's very interesting. And that's definitely useful to have that experience with the PR field as well to get that better understanding. So Mike, last question here for you is what is advice that you have for student journalists to help them advocate for and promote civility? Starting out, it's to go into every um, conversation you have, every meeting you have with someone new with an open mind. Go in assuming that the other person is as ethical as you are, as good-spirited as you are. Don't go in assuming the worst. Sometimes you need to be prepared for it. You're a student on student media and you have to interview some um, administrator and somebody else, uh, you know, uh, your editor says, oh, by the way, this guy's a real grouch and he's really going to get after you and he just doesn't talk or whatever. You know, okay, maybe I want to be a little extra prepared, but I'm not going to go in already angry and saying, I'm going to get you. You're on deadline and yes, you need things right away, but that's no excuse for getting angry at them. As you do your stories, think about the, the full impact of the stories you do and always be aware of your own biases and realize that you probably have others you don't understand yet. I think that you know, when we talk about journalistic objectivity, you know, one of the things I tell people is while we try to not let our bias affect our coverage, the bigger problem is not letting our known biases infect our coverage. That's pretty easy to do. It's not recognizing the biases we have because of how we grew up or whatever, and having those impact which stories we cover and how we deal with people who call us up about stories. And, you know, I think that the biggest thing for journalists is to get back to that idea of you want to treat people the way you would be treated and you don't want to get caught up in anything that says, you know, it's wrong to, to do this because it's politically correct. I mean, my name is John, not Jack, and I hate being called Jack. So if someone else wants to be called Jackie or to use the pronoun they, what's that to me? What does it cost me to do that? What does it cost me to write my story as a journalist reflecting what these people are doing without trying to bring my judgment in it, without trying to say, well, they're freaks, so that's what my story is going to make them sound like. They're just people. And approach each story respectfully. I'll, actually, I'll add something else. Um, 
is this occurs to me is something related to that. Uh, in my first reporting job, I covered schools and a lot of small communities. And I heard that in one of the school districts, in the high school, there was a basketball team for the uh, mentally and physically disabled students that had their own league and participated. And the team from the school was the state champion. And I looked them up in our clips back when you know, you'd know you clip out all the stories and put them in envelopes and that's how you could find things. And I went back and couldn't find anything about them. And I went to our sports editor because they were a state champion in basketball. And he said, well, it's not real sports. And so they'd never written about them. And I thought, that's just wrong. And I I remember the story well because there were great interviews and it was a fascinating story and they were state champions. And, you know, I just thought, why, why write off a whole segment as less than just because of your biases about this? That's very interesting. Yeah. And I I really respect that. Yeah, But again, I, you know, I admit I've got my own biases, not only the ones that I've finally figured out, but, you know, I grew up in a certain way, in a certain neighborhood. You know, I know that there are things about the way I react to things that are buried in there that I don't recognize. There are some where I recognize it, I can tell what's going on, and I can overcome that or try to, but... It's always a struggle. Nobody can say I've overcome all of this. I think the important thing, especially for journalists, is to understand that and say, I'm not going to be perfect, but that doesn't mean I don't try. And I don't. So also the other thing is listen when people criticize you. Journalists, especially nowadays when you know politicians are calling us the enemy, are very quick to circle the wagons, and any criticism is taken as unfair. How dare you say this story was wrong? How dare you say my treatment of this was, I understood what was going on, and I wrote it, and you just don't like it because you don't want a bad story about you. That's real easy to do. And I, one of the things that I think I have learned over the course of my time in journalism is to take criticism better. People still make criticisms that are utterly wrong, but I start out thinking about it. And was this really wrong? As you said, I teach ethics. And one of the things I talk about in there is the importance of the way we teach ethics at Kent State is that when you get to this class, we are not telling you, here's a set of rules. These are the things you have to follow. That's what ethics is. Our ethics class is about how you make ethical decisions on your own, how you find your own values and what principles you're going to use. And as we have those discussions in class, student after student comes back and says, you know, the biggest thing I got from this class was we could have discussions where we very much disagreed about whether something was right or wrong, but it was a perfectly normal conversation. And I actually changed my mind somewhat. So, you know, that's, that's what I want you to have, that always that mind that maybe there's something in what the other person is saying. And if you shut out all criticism, you shut out the possibility of change and improvement. I had, as I said, I had one class in public relations in college. Um, and when I got to Kent State, 
um, I got the opportunity to work with a lot of really smart, really good, really professional and ethical public relations professionals who are teaching here. And, um, you know, that has also contributed to it because it made me look back at my attitude and the attitude of those around me. And, you know, that contributes to it too. Uh, again, that's why I say it would be really great if journalists had to see what the other side was like. Because if you see and talk to people like Stephanie Smith and Luke Armour and Stephanie Moore and uh, Tim Roberts, you say, these people aren't the enemy. <laughs> um, you know, they're really smart and they're really good at what they do, but they're not the enemy. I think that's important. And one of my joys as a teacher has been the opportunity to, to do that and the necessity to do it, because I have to explain to all of you students why we're telling you to do these things. And I know I, I wasn't necessarily taught that way. A lot of it was just, just do it. I said so, that's why. Um, and I apparently lack the authority to get away with that, but I feel, you know, I have to explain, here's why this happens. Here's why you're doing this. And in doing that, you have to think about it a lot. No, that's perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our first episode of Finding Common Ground. I hope you learned just how important civility is within the media and how the relationship between PR and journalism is essential. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can check out more information about us on our social media at KSU Common Ground, and it'll also be linked in our bio. On our next episode, we will be hearing a public relations perspective of civility, so stay tuned for more next Monday. Thank you.